0: Good morning. I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to the Daily Punch, brought to you by Punch Bowl News. It's Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got a look at Kevin McCarthy on the leaderboard. Number two, what Senator John Tester's decision to run for re election means. And number three, House Republicans head to the border. All right, let's get right to it. The top story leading punch bowl news this Thursday morning is a look at Kevin McCarthy. Uh, we often take a moment during congressional recesses to assess what's happening with party leaders. Of course, the recently uh, anointed speaker, the Republican from California. Uh, this is our first time taking a look at him in this position. Uh, very interesting kind of dynamics as he steps into the the speakership and kind of faces some of the biggest challenges that he is going to uh, his entire first two years uh, in that position. So let's get started. Number one, an interesting dynamic when it gets to January 6th. Uh, the latest news, of course, is that McCarthy has given Fox News's Tucker Carlson access to more than 40,000 hours of internal surveillance footage from the January 6th insurrection. McCarthy said he would release the footage and chose Tucker Carlson, who had been asking to review it. Of course, Carlson has a history of racist and xenophobic comments. And the recent release of private text messages from Carlson and other Fox News figures as part of the Dominion voting system lawsuit has further damaged his reputation. Carlson, as the Washington Post points out, has referred to January 6th as a false flag operation. So there's significant risk associated with giving him access to this footage. Honestly, Uh, None of us really understand entirely why McCarthy wants to keep January 6th in the news. Most Americans understand that GOP-aligned extremists sought to overturn the election at former President Donald Trump's urging. But McCarthy said he promised to release the footage, and this is his way of doing so, as he told our friends at The New York Times. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer sent a dear colleague Wednesday afternoon complaining that McCarthy's decision would compromise the safety of the legislative branch and allow those who want to commit another attack to learn how Congress is safeguarded. Schumer also added that McCarthy is, quote, needlessly exposing the Capitol complex to one of the worst security risks since 9-11. So this first decision and kind of concept is not winning McCarthy any friends. Certainly, when it comes to Democrats uh, in the Capitol who are very concerned about another uh, potential insurrection or invasion of the Capitol, and. You know, I think for both Republicans and Democrats, they are concerned right now when it comes to security, right? There's a lot of threats that are being made. There's a lot more members who have either private security or have security when they're at, air, at airports. Um, And this kind of the big question is you know, McCarthy can't control Tucker Carlson. And so we're all going to be watching very closely to see what exactly Carlson does with the footage. How much does he expose? Um, Is it, you know, a free for all or is it kind of limited to certain clips? Uh, Something that's going to certainly impact McCarthy's standing in not only his chamber, but with the Senate as well. The number two dynamic we're focused on is, of course, George Santos. McCarthy's handling of the scandal surrounding the New York representative, who's lied about pretty much his whole life, has been confusing. First, McCarthy defended Santos and said he deserved committee assignments. Then McCarthy supported Santos when the freshman freshmen stepped off of those committees. Of course, with a razor-thin margin of control, McCarthy can't lose Santos's vote, but the whole episode isn't pretty and Santos remains under investigation from federal, state, and local authorities. The number three dynamic McCarthy is facing is the budget and debt limit. Of course, this is going to be his most difficult assignment. The speaker has to figure out how to pass a budget resolution that GOP conservatives can back. This is is a tall order because, of course, remember, Republicans are on record as opposing any changes to Medicare and Social Security. They aren't going to raise taxes. So getting to a balanced budget is going to be spectacularly difficult. I think the big question here is, will Republicans slash Medicaid, food stamps and other social safety net programs opening the party up to criticism that Republicans don't care about the poor? Or are they going to cut the Pentagon's massive spending in the face of Ukraine? veterans funding. Even if Republicans slashed all discretionary spending on social welfare programs to zero, it wouldn't be near enough to eliminate a $1.4 trillion deficit. So this is going to be extremely challenging for McCarthy. On the debt limit, McCarthy has had one meeting with President Joe Biden, and the two seemed willing to talk more. But since the February 1st session, McCarthy and Biden haven't scheduled any follow ups. Is Biden trying to slow off McCarthy? And if so, does that force McCarthy to pass a debt limit messaging bill in the coming months? This is possible according to GOP sources. Number four thing we're watching is relationship building. This is a really interesting dynamic that we've seen between Kevin McCarthy and his Democratic counterpart, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, in the House. They've had pretty good interactions so far. Both men have promised not to have any surprises for each other. And they even text each other, as we've reported several weeks ago. McCarthy and Jeffries, listen, they're not going to be best friends. But so far, the relationship has been cordial and professional same goes for McCarthy's relationship with Biden. Both men are clearly trying to lower the partisan temperature, even as, House, as the House investigates Biden's family. And number five, the happy times. This dynamic is really interesting. McCarthy is likely to look back at this as the best period of his speakership. After the anguishing ordeal of 15 speaker votes before winning the gavel, McCarthy's enjoyed A kind of a honeymoon with members and his leadership team. House committees are now up and running. A GOP agenda is slowly coming together. Republican leaders have picked up Democratic votes on several initiatives, including D.C.-related legislation. And McCarthy's conservative opponents seem satisfied for the moment. It will end at some point. But right now, McCarthy is feeling pretty good about himself. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning the rough cycle for Democrats in 2024. Montana Senator John Tester's decision to run for re-election in 24 was a reminder of just how difficult it's going to be for Democrats to hang on to their Senate majority. The map they face is rough. Democrats have to defend 23 seats versus only 10 for Republicans. And on top of that, it's a presidential election year, so turnout will be higher. Now, to be sure, Tester has several built-in disadvantages for 24, the most important being Montana's status as a ruby-red state. Tester has also been a reliable ally of President Joe Biden's, which Republicans will certainly use against him. But the potential challengers, notably Representatives Matt Rosendale and Ryan Zinke, have their problems too. Tester already defeated Rosendale once in 2018, and Zinke has had ethics problems, Stemming from his tenure as Interior Secretary, both could also face some tough votes as part of the new House GOP majority. And while spending cutting spending is always popular at that macro level, actually voting for it for cuts is another thing. And as we just went through, there's a lot of of questions about what exactly House Republicans could cut uh, when it comes to trying to cut get a balanced budget, but. Man, it's going to be tough, uh, especially when it comes to veterans funding, farm funding, children's programs, the Pentagon. You can see the possible attack ads that Tester's team could think of to to write if Rosendale goes and Zinke goes along with those things. Of course, Tester has also sought to work across the aisle on a number of issues, especially programs to help vets. He's constantly playing up his bipartisan credentials and press statements, even as he's sided with his party on the major agenda items. Now, it's not just Senator Tester. Uh, We said 23 seats uh, that Democrats are going to have to contend with. One of the other major questions is, what will Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, do? Appearing on a radio show yesterday, Manchin gave an emphatic, I don't know, when asked whether he'll seek a third full term. Manchin also had another classic moment when he said he's not running for President as we sit here today well technically that's true but he left the door open to a possible presidential run of course the face off for the white house race will be will have massive implications for individual senate races as is often the case in presidential election years this is especially true if trump wins the gop nomination and is able to carry his preferred senate candidates through republican primaries that largely backfired last year on republicans but Certainly, we're going to be watching Manchin as a will-he-or-won't-he questions continue to circulate until he finally puts that to rest. Let's go on to the number three story of the morning. House, the House Judiciary Committee is heading to the border without Democrats. House Republicans are back at the U.S.-Mexico border today. It's returned to a familiar terrain for GOP lawmakers intent on bashing President Joe Biden's immigration policies. Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee are holding a field hearing in Yuma, Arizona, the hearing, which excludes the panel's Democrats, is the latest effort by House Republicans to draw attention to what they claim is a crisis at the southern border caused by the White House. Uh, here's what you can expect today: We've they've got witnesses, uh, including two local officials uh, that are expected to speak out about uh, a lot of what's happening at the border. The hearing is the second installment in a series. Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan team is calling the Biden border crisis. The panel held its first border hearing in early February with testimony from local border state officials and an anti-fentanyl overdose activist. With that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please tell your friends about it. Share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also go even deeper on all of these topics by subscribing to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.